be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. It's Wednesday. When you hear the trippy music at two o'clock on MutinyRadio.fm, you know what time it is. It's that time to talk about God and belief and cats, sometimes NASA, on some call me Tim. If you're a regular listener, you know that every week I try to make that sound happen at the right time, and I never do. You'd think I'd learn. I'm very excited about our interview today on Some Call Me Tim. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I like to talk about God and shit with all kinds of different people. And today I have Maria DePlutis. Did Hi, I pronounce it right? Yeah, you said it perfect. Yay! Yeah. I did. <laughs> I finally did. Um, I love Greece. I love Greek people. I love Greek food. I'm going back to Greece this year. I was just there last year. Ooh. Going back. Oh, exciting. One of those crazy islands. Yeah. Because Greek people, to me, seemed very humble. Huh. Like, I was in Italy, and they're all stuck up little piles of dog shit. But then you go to Greece. Who's, everything started in Greece. All of the smarty people stuff. And they're <laughs> not even jerks about it. They're like, yeah, and... They all speak English and Greek, and all the signs are in both languages. If anyone wants to go somewhere, <laughs> go to Greece. <laughs> it's like really awesome. So Maria, you're here on Some Call Me Tim. Uh, usually the first question I ask is, mm-hmm. do you believe in Jesus? Um, I believe that there was a person who lived who was named Jesus. Uh, you know, it really depends on how we define the word belief, ah. that question. Yeah. So, belief, if we're, if, uh, for me to define belief, something that you, that you, you're, who you are rests on the knowledge that this thing exists. I would call that belief. Exists in what sense? Like in the Christian sense that it was God born on earth or just that there was some man that got a lot of people to follow him? Ex- exists in that... I think, but that's the thing is that belief, you can believe in unicorns. If they exist, then we're going back to the Greek, the Plato, the platonic chair. Like if you think of a chair in your head, that's a chair. Everyone's chair in their head might be different, but that thought exists and it's real. So if you think of a unicorn and you go, oh, there it is. And I see it in my head and other people think about it. It exists. Does it, is it here? Can we hold it and touch it and hug it? In a, in, a, in a furry, little tiny animal sense, yes. So, you're right. What is existence? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm with the whole, like, cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore, I am. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, me and you exist because we can think. And I'm operating on the assumption that you can think and that people can think. Uh, but something in my imagination can never think for itself. Whoa! Or exist for itself. Therefore... It does not exist, and I do not believe in it, but I can imagine it. 
it has to think for itself. But okay, so when I was really little, I super, super believed in Jesus. Like really, really, really. Like he talked to me. Like we talked. And he talked to me. Like I didn't think at the time that I was making up that voice for Jesus. Je- for me, God and Jesus were literal beings hmm. outside myself that told me shit. What did they say? Um, well, usually I'd be praying about something and, and I would be led by the, well, and sometimes I went, sometimes I would do Bible delving where I would use the text and I would close my eyes and open up the Bible and run my finger down and open my eyes. And like, that's what I was supposed to focus on and that Hmm. God was leading me to a place or Jesus was showing me. And then. So through the text and the quotes, like Jesus was speaking to me and like, mm. oh, it was so magical. Like, this is what I need to think about. Except uh, they were always about sodomy. Like I couldn't get out of Leviticus. So it was weird. No, it was, it was, but that, so f- for me, and that's the thing about like crazy people, right? Because mm-hmm. they imagine something outside of themselves that does think because they're not accepting that it's all in their own head and that it's them maybe right the delusion delusion that's what it is so we're all christians delusional so here's the thing if we're going to use the word crazy and define it as the extent to which you believe in something that is immaterial um and put it on a spectrum every single one of us is on that spectrum and then like the further into your delusions or hallucinations hallucinations is different from delusions but sure. also delusion is yeah. thinking hallucination is seeing yeah. yeah hallucination is seeing hearing smelling mm. um although smelling i think it has a minimal psychological effect. I don't know. It depends. But um, but delusional thinking, to a certain extent, we all have it. Yes. Yeah. I constantly deal with del- I nen- I have no idea sometimes if what I believe is real because my own ego can clutter my brain space so much. Like, my perception gets gets cluttered by my ego Mm -hmm. and so I think that I'm much better at certain things than I am or that I've been either more or less successful which isn't necessarily it's like a perspective game right Mm. so for me my delusional stuff is like are you keeping perspective what's your perspective I used to really though I used to keeping it in check right because otherwise if you start like believing too much in things that are not what everybody else sees Mm -hmm. then that distance becomes wider and it's hard to get back to where everybody else is Mm -hmm. because you like keep taking steps further and further down a road that not seeing the signs of other people like people are waving on the side of the road being like no 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 come back yeah (laughs) watch out you know yeah that kind of stuff that's interesting to think about it's also interesting to think about you know the difference between something like delusion and ambition 
because Ooh. sometimes, I, you know, like on the comedy scene, wow, you see, everyone wants to make it, so right? So, so my mind. What's the difference? I, I kind of think to answer my own question, but yeah. um, I kind of think a lot of it is acknowledging that there's. Um, a gap to bridge mm. between where you are and where you want to be. That's ambition. Sure. Right? And working towards something. Whereas right. Delusion is just thinking that something, in the context of comedy. Sure. You know, thinking that something is something that it isn't. Right. Oh, yeah. I know I yeah. have that all the time. Well, and I used to believe long ago that, you know, with hard work and um, dedication, mm. eventually the fairy agent swoops down from on high and picks you up out of obscurity and says, look at you, you little artist, we love you, we're giving everything to you. Because we all grew up on those fairy tales and, you know, yeah. getting discovered and, yeah. 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 Are, do, you need, do you need water or wine or something? Are you, you know, okay? I have water in okay. this bag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you bet. So you're super philosophical. Is that because you're Greek or like, where'd you go to school? Uh, well, I've always been interested in this, like before I went to school. Um, but I grew up like in the public school systems in Vallejo. Oh, okay. And then I got my bachelor's degree from UC Santa Cruz. Cool. And my master's degree from CSU East Bay. Wow. Okay. So when did, were, were you in Santa Cruz when they still didn't have grades? Uh, or were you? Did, did they give you grades by then? Half of your classes had to be grades. And the other half you could take pass, no pass. I only used it like twice. I accidentally took like a, a astronomy class for physics majors. Oh, Jesus. This is really, really hard. Right. And I kept accidentally Oof. calling it astrology, which oh, really annoyed everybody. hilarious. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, I, the only physics class I had to take for my undergrad was called Physics 6, and it was called Physics for Poets. And it was taught huh. by Sally Ride. Sally Ride. Astronaut Sally Ride oh, wow. taught a class wow. that I had the opportunity to take twice, because the first time I failed it, because I, it was called Physics for Poets. And I just can't. I don't get vectors. I just don't understand them. Yeah, They're like Jesus to me. It's yeah. a it's a calculus it's a point in it's a direction it's a point in a direction but it never stops it's just a, I, I couldn't wrap my brain around it either I was like <laughs> where'd you go to school and what'd you study uh, UC San Diego for undergrad and I was a theater major with a literature writing and dance minor huh yeah, I wanted to have dance as a major, but it didn't become a major until the year. I could have stayed on for a fifth year and made it a major, mm-hmm. because it didn't start as a major till the year after I left. But I was like all raring to get out of undergrad and hmm. get a teaching credential and mm-hmm. go be with my ex husband now ex-husband. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to go be a wife and a teacher and I'm gonna do this. So yeah. it's very different. Yeah, and I, uh, I have two master's degrees. I have an MA in fiction from SFSU and an MFA in poetry from also same place. Cool. What'd you do at, uh, used to be called Hayward, now it's called CSU East Bay. CSU East Bay. Yeah, um, I have a master's degree in social work. What? Yeah. Are you, what are you, are you an LCSW? What do you do uh, for like money? You have a money job? Yeah, so, um, oh, this is going to tie back into God and religion somehow, cool, yeah. but um, 
uh, I have been on disability since July because of health issues, but my job is Child Protective Services social worker. Wow! Yeah. I used to work in group homes. Oh, did you? I used to be a teacher in like yeah. group home schools. And so that was... I used to be passionate about uh, broken junior high boys. That's like my... That's my yeah. niche. Yeah. They they get me. We play magic and I talk to them and they're like, you get me, Benjamin. And I'm like, I do. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. So you take the children from, you see the worst shit. Why don't you write jokes about that? Oh my, how do you, why you can't? It's too sad sometimes. Yeah. Well, there's confidentiality, but there's also um, just the human side of it. Yeah. Like I work with people who are just in some of the worst situations of their lives and yeah, a yeah. lot of traumatic situations. So I know I wouldn't want someone else joking about that on stage. Like if those right. kids grow up and want to make jokes about it, that's amazing. That's like their Tiffany business. Haddish, like they can yeah. do that. Sure. But, and I don't even think she makes jokes about whatever happened to her, but she did grow up in the system. But anyways, that's a tangent. <laughs> All I'm saying is, um, yeah, it's not... One, it's not my story to tell. Two, it's also like super illegal to do that. Wow. Right. Yeah. It's super illegal to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, even it, even if you don't say their name or anything, you just tell the story. It's a gray area, it's but a, then that's where the human aspect comes in. Like, right, because you're, you're not you're not yeah. going to sell someone down the river. That sucks. There, sometimes, like there are certain situations generally that are funny. Sometimes only funny to other CPS social workers. Sure, you, sure. You develop a bit of a dark sense of humor when you do a job that can be that dark. Um, but yeah, I think eventually it'll work its way into my stand-up yeah. I do have I, one joke about it, it I used to do stand-up comedy so it got so it got too stressful so I became a child protective services social worker <laughs> that makes sense that actually makes sense because most comedians are just big children they they all remind me of junior high boys actually just broken little I think we're all emotionally stunted in some ways. Like we're all messed up in one way or another. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. overgeneralize and say I'm sure there's like a comic out there who had a wonderful upbringing and is emotionally intelligent and dresses well and right. Yeah, whoever sure that is. is but I'm sure, they exist. <laughs> it's it's a crazy thing. Um, so when I there was one. This was this was one of my boys back in the day, and this is of course this is from '97, so no one remembers. But that was the he was in like a family situation where you'd think from the outside that everything was fine. It was like it was like so white. It was like dysfunctional white. It was like textbook like like te- crazy things. And this was the example: is that mom? I went on a home visit. Mom told husband guy who they were fighting, and the young boy is in the house. I want to paint the house this weekend. You've got to move the furniture. And he didn't move the furniture. And so she just painted halfway down the walls in the whole room. It got like paint everywhere, like all over the furniture and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like dealing with these. I was like, that's fucking brilliant. But you've got to think like halfway through. So then I empathize and I put myself in that person's situation of like, oh, I hate my husband and I am really upset right now with our beautiful house. This beautiful house is really bothering me and my good job and my son. Like, I'm going to paint the halfway. It's like punishing everyone. But if I did that, I'd, by the time I poured the paint into the bucket to paint, I'd be like, this is not a good idea. That's like the difference between delusion and 
when you start carrying out a task hmm, and yeah. it continues and it's like out of spite I'm like how do you get it's like an obsession well it is is it a belief thing is it like I believe this is going to elicit the reaction that I want out of people hmm. and if you sit back for a second and think and go no it's not so then that's where it's like and I hate to use the word crazy mm-hmm. because that's stigmatizing. Yeah. But when, like, I mean, but we're doing crazy choices too as comics. We stand up and with the hubris and the microphone, like, listen to me talk about whatever, my life. Right. And that's supposed to be entertaining. But. And it is a lot of times, like, to a lot of people. That's true. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a good thing. I think it's therapeutic. But it's like, when. I'm looking at the craziness of this world and I'm trying to be balanced about it mm-hmm. and not freak out too much. Like I freak out sometimes, but none of my like freak outs ever get too crazy because I'm able to like put the cop and be like, that's, that's not going to work out well for me. <laughs> that's not right. going to benefit me. Well, I think the thing with delusions, it's it's a maladaptive way of coping for something that is needed but is missing. Um, so that happens like in cults, for example, all the time. People Ooh. need to feel a sense of love and community, um, possibly some other aspect, like maybe feeling overwhelmed and wanting someone else to make decisions. Like there's oh. something there. There's specific people that tend to get drawn into cults. Right. Um, and it's ultimately like buying into a delusion that you fully commit to just because there's such an emotional need in you that you're unwilling to acknowledge that, that you're filling with a maladaptive thing. Oof. What's the difference between veganism and cults? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I am a carnivore, so I'm going to say not much. <laughs> I think I think it's, I like yeah. cults more. How about that? Right, that's funny. Yeah, I'm the same way about that. I was taught through Christianity that even yeah. Catholicism is a cult because mm-hmm. anything where you don't invite Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior and the Master of all your being, uh, you know that is a cult so they tried to tell me that my grandmother yeah. who was a devout catholic was going to hell and i'm like what you talk about willis <laughs> things stopped making sense in the um what's it when you put up a bunch of rules dogma dogma yeah 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 something was a little bit off but that was just it, it was hard and it's funny because in hardcore Christianity, it's like there's so much judgment, uh-huh. and yet we're taught that you're not supposed to judge. You know, throw the yeah. first stone. He who has never sinned, throw the first stone. Take the plank out of your own eye before removing the speck from your brothers. There's a lot of like, don't be judgy. Right. Well, we're not supposed to judge. God judges. It's all about someone else is going to have their judgment over us uh. and giving up that power like being powerless to that and like going with the flow i think um you brought up an interesting thing about uh religions have a tendency uh, to to not consider themselves a religion i had a priest tell me this like in the greek orthodox church we are not a religion we are the truth (laughs) religions are man-made sure right 
Um, but I think that there is a big distinction between religions and cults. Um, and that is mainly in the abusive aspect. Oh. So, and then that's not to say the Catholic Church and a lot of the big churches, like, there's a lot of abuse and control going on there. But I think that it's not as blatant as like you know controlling what people eat and drink and literally think and taking sure. all their money from them and not letting them talk to the outside world like right. then right. that's just like that's it's, it's like marriage right? right i think it's bullshit and people buy into it and it's like great have fun with that you're still talking to the outside world but then one of them starts getting abusive and secluding them then it's like all right marriage is bullshit but that's like too bullshit right yeah <laughs> that's well how, and that's then what cults are there's a leader that you're following that can, I think in that controlling of people's thought, you are abusing them. That's like mental abuse. It's like emotional abuse by controlling a person, even if they, but if they give you consent, that's the thing. It's like SM, right? Like you are going to enter into this act with a person and you have it all planned out and you give each other consent and then you do this, this act. And, and it's the same way with, well, marriage isn't, we've decided now, because marriage used to be, mm-hmm. once you were married, you gave your husband consent for whatever, for all sex, like, it just was a thing. Like, that's why marital rape wasn't a thing for so long, is that once you were married, sorry, honey, you gave your consent, that's it. It's like yeah. a one-time shot. <laughs> yeah, but I think then... Um it's like you have to know what you're consenting to. Mm-hmm. Because if you're being misled, then you can't consent. Right. Right? And I think it's also a really big difference. Like you brought up BDSM, but that's that's play. Right? right. Like you can like play, you know, a game of Candyland, but that's very different than setting up your house to look like you actually live in Candyland. <laughs> that right? so fun. Just a room. Just yeah, a like room. it would be cool, but <laughs> if you start believing it's real, right. then, then, then there's a problem. Right. Yeah, because we don't live in Candyland. Although, man, that's a weird old story that we believe in. That's not like a religion story, but Hansel and, Gretel, oh. Hansel and Gretel and the witch that lives in a gingerbread house with all yeah. the candy everywhere. Fuck yeah, man. I love witches. If witches get to live in a candy gingerbread house, I am such a... And of all the cats and fly on brooms. I'm like, fuck (laughs) yeah, I want to be a witch. This sounds rad. Like, tell me the bad part. Like, I can... I mean, I guess eating children. (laughs) (laughs) is the bad... But I'm like, oh, witchcraft. Like, cool. And then it's just like... It was like a feminine power except that she yeah. always had to be ugly with like a big long nose and and a pointy why the I think that's because she was usually like 300 years old <laughs> right and that's that was- why like you, you eat the babies to look young fair enough it's to stay alive that's <laughs> but, but what does it matter like you know if you can make yourself look young and hot whenever you want you could be like a frankly old lady no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I would totally... I would have so been burned at the stake if I lived in, like, any other century. Yeah, me too. No doubt. Yeah. I love cats. Love cats. Like... Yeah. I talk to babies and cats. People be like, that weirdly... Also, I'd be this weird old spinster lady with no... Like, why doesn't she have any kids? Why isn't she married? Like, I mean... Yeah. It's like we didn't have the language for women who didn't follow whatever men wanted to do like there was Mm -hmm. there was like women do this 
and this is all we ever write about, and it's the men's stuff. But there have always been women living, and I can't imagine that every single one of them has gotten married or liked dudes or... Well, you became a nun. Right. Right, or a servant of some sort. Right. Yeah. No, if you didn't have something. the privilege, I guess if, although right, because if you had the privilege, you would write novels and then just put it under a man's name or something. Right, right, like, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have a lot of. It's just funny to me that it, it it hasn't been that long since people are like, oh, women are people. It's like only been right, but so many people don't see women as people. Yes, like and that's an issue all over the world. And much worse in some places than others. So we can't even say we're we're over it because it can reverse so quickly. So quickly. Yeah, like yeah. women in Saudi Arabia just were able to drive, became able to drive. Yeah, very recently. Yeah. 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 In, we Women in the United States weren't allowed to get credit cards without their husband's approval until like 1976 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like... Yeah. Now they're like, oh, yeah, women, credit cards. Yeah, give them the money. <laughs> they're a consumer, just like everyone else. See, they're a person. They're a c- they're not a person. We're a consumer. Well, in, they just want our money. In Greece, domestic violence didn't become illegal until 2006. Wow. And in Russia, it was just reversed. So domestic violence is now legal again. Wow. Yeah. It's a rule of thumb. Yeah, so in Russia, it's like, yeah, you, you beat your wife. Like, yeah, well, of course. You beat your wife. Why would, yeah, yeah, you got a controller. Well, that's where um, the rule of thumb comes from. You were only, it was a rule on the books. You were only allowed to beat your wife or your children with a stick the size of your thumb or smaller. So if if the stick was bigger than your thumb, then you could be in trouble. Now that's domestic abuse. Yeah, is that don't hit people. That's just this is, right. Yeah, there's so there many are ways it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It and just promotes violence. It doesn't. It. The thing is, their children. It. They would probably rather be hit than take away their iPhone. Like there's things that you can. There's ways to punish them. That but are even taking more, away the iPhone's far more effective, it, and it's and it's like it'll ruin. They'll be like, ah, ah, they will have huge remorse and it'll they'll do them some good to be away from the damn phone. Then go read a book. Yeah, <laughs> but it, am I allowed to say whatever yeah, word I want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so, um, okay. we're internet based, so okay. we, you can fuck swear all day long. Nice. Yeah, it's it's mutinyradio.fm. <laughs> You're listening to some call me Tim. I am with Maria DePlutis. Hi. And uh, Maria's Grant Benjamin. We're talking about God and stuff. Philosophical stuff. So what brought you to get your master's in, in, uh, in not school psychology, in social, social work. work? You just, you've always felt for people. Were you like an excessively emotional child or empathetic somehow? No, it was weird. So I kind of just, I didn't really like what I was doing and I wanted to change career and was thinking about what kind of stuff I like. And I I do like um, being around people, but I specifically, I had been volunteering as a hospice volunteer, just hanging Uh, out with dying people for a while. And I really like that. It's, It's sort of like just a big honor to be able to hang out with someone in their final weeks, you know, weeks and months. And I thought about becoming a hospice social worker 
And then when I applied to grad school, I was offered a stipend, which basically pays for grad school, but the exchange is you have to do CPS social work because no one wants to do this job. Sure, sure. It is hard work it, and, yeah. you know, it's like overworked because there's such a shortage. Um, so many cases. So I... Uh, I took it, you know, I thought, I really thought about it because it's not a job you go into lightly. Um, and then I found that I really, I really liked it. I, I got in a situation where I was doing mostly crisis work. Mm. Um, and I do well under pressure. I do best under pressure. And I just um, really, really like working with people, especially in that situation. When you're in a crisis situation, that's a time to reach people emotionally sure. in a way that a lot of times like they might be shut off. Like crisis like kids on the roof throwing tiles at police officers or crisis like somebody's made a call because they hear a baby crying for three hours. Like um, an emergency situation of child abuse. Oh my God. So, but, yeah. so someone else reports it? So someone reports it. And then um, I go out. Do you call 911 for something like that? Like, I'm just, if I, let's say that I witness something like that, or I'm a, you know, how do you, how does one get in touch with CPS? Do you, is it a 911 call or is it a... Every county has, um, so sometimes it's 911. Every county has a hotline number. Uh. And you can just Google like the name of your county, CPS hotline, and it'll come up. It's 24-7. So if, cool. you, th- if you think anyone is um, hurting a child, uh, a caregiver is hurting a child, you can always call cops or you can call the hotline number. Um, and then once it gets to us, we basically assess whether or not it meets legal criteria for child abuse and then go out and investigate on a certain time frame like if it's an emergency we go out right away and you know if not you have to schedule it in and then you know do an investigation and just make sure everyone's safe wow yeah and there's a ton of paperwork Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> an absurd amount of paperwork. There's but you don't get a, um, you don't you don't get an assistant or anything to help with paperwork. You're like your oh own. God, you're no. your own secretary. <laughs> so you're your own. You're your own soup to nuts. Uh, yeah. You you have to. So, but do you have you have like a there's a staff of of people. Like how many people work for? It's a huge organization. Every county has one. Okay. And it's called something different in every county. So it's it, the size depends on the... I'm sure there are some counties that probably only have like two people. Um, wow. But and you have to serve... So you have to drive... Have like hundreds of people. All over. So if you were like... Yeah. Yeah. But we're not... Um, religion... I know. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Talk about religion. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm interested. That was a smooth transition. No, no, no. It was a perfect transition. Go. Um, Okay. So one interesting thing. So I've always asked a lot of questions. I want to understand a lot of things. And um, I remember as a kid, whenever I'd ask questions, especially about religion, the answer I always got from my parents or priests or whatever is... Which means believe and don't question. <gasps> Ew! And that is just what they tell you. Like, if you start getting philosophical, if you start asking things like, why can't I be an altar girl? Like, why can only boys do that? Then, um, you know, at best, you'll, you'll get some bullshit response about how this is the original church and it's 2,000 years old and whatever. Um, but... 
at worst, it's just like, I mean, the Bible says things like women's bodies are unclean and like the period. And there's yeah, some the villages in Greece where like you can't go to church if you're on your period, right? So it's just this like old school sexism. But most of the time, you know, like the old school priests will just be like, like shut up. Like, who cares? You know, don't ask why. Yeah. Do, what was it in? What's the quote again? In Latin or in Greek? Greek. In Greek. Because Greek Orthodox. Bisteveke minerevna. Bikanesta mikarevra. Bisteve. Bisteve. Ke. Ke. Min. Min. Erevna. Erevna. Okay. All right. Just believe and don't question. Yeah. Oh. Which is like exactly the opposite of everything I stand for. But uh, so <laughs> we were like, go to church on Easter Greeks, which is really... Um, <laughs> It's like a midnight mass. Mm -hmm. And then at some point in the middle of the night, everyone goes outside and everyone's holding a candle and we're chanting like Christ is risen from the dead. But in like creepy Greek, it sounds like we're (laughs) ghosts and you have to, everyone's standing like really close to each other and like the hair is burning and it's just like, we look like a crazy cult. Wow. And that was like the only church I really went to growing up was like for Easter. But then in high school, I, um, was like I kind of just I'm like I want to know what all the fuss is about like what is what's the whole big deal and with the Greek Americans like the Greek American culture is very in, entwined with um, the church okay it's it's pretty much inseparable so if you want to be part of a Greek culture you have to be part of a church um, so then I became president of uh, the youth group for like four years wow at, at the the Greek church in Vallejo and I never believed. I can safely say at no point in my life, even as a small child, did I believe there was a God. Really? Or so when Jesus. you're drinking the when you were drinking the blood of Christ and eating his body broken for you, you don't believe in That's the sacrifice. That's a piece of bread and wine. So Yeah. That's how it is in Greece in the the Greek church. It's one cup and they put a piece of bread and wine and it gets soggy and there's one spoon and like a hundred people Use the same spoon. You just line up, and it, it's a germaphobe's nightmare. Like, I'd yeah. rather go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. So that was... Hell as a concept as a child was very easy for me to believe in. Like, I I really... You, so you didn't buy into the fear. As no, if you were like, eh, God, not God. My whole life was... I, I had a fucked up childhood. So, like... I you wasn't scare scared me. of hell. I'm like, I'm in it. Like, not for a minute. Yeah. I, they got me through the fear of like, if you do bad things, this is what's going to happen. And they'd even have classes where they're like, I remember this one as a child. We were sitting in a circle and they were like, we're going to talk about hell. What's the worst thing you can possibly think of happening forever? And I was like, what I came up with was doing a handstand in someone else's vomit. Forever. <laughs> like that would be hell. Like if that was, but we went oh, around the circle. We went around the circle and everybody had to say, like this was part of church class was like, everyone had to say what like the worst thing they could imagine was forever. And then the teacher at the front was like, exactly. That's hell. And that could happen, but it'll be all of that happening around you all at once. And I was like a fifth grader or something. And just like, yeah. <gasps> this to me like I'll never have I will never take my panties off in front of a boy I'm never I will never have sex before marriage I will pray I'm sorry I don't want to 
That's the thing about fear, because I <laughs> I hate fear. Um, is that what you are afraid of should constantly change. Like you think of when you were a child, what scared you, and now you think back, and you're like, that's so stupid. Like that's something I do every. Like I used to be scared of like having to pay my own bills. Oh yeah, that and is now a scary it's like thing. all right, that's annoying. Yeah, um, but it's not scary anymore. So now, if something scares me, I think back to like what used to terrify me, like ten years ago or twenty years ago. And sure. I'm like, okay, you do it, or you try it, or you experience it. And then you get over it and you learn from it and you grow from it. And then it's like, oh, well, that's been there, done that. It doesn't scare me anymore. Right. I don't know. Well, it's unless it's a rational fear, like, you know, jumping driving off of a high cars. Yeah. Place. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe people just drive willy nilly. I'm like, how do you do that? I just, I can't. I haven't driven in so long. It's like one of the scariest things I being love in cars. Driving. Really? I'm a speed demon. Confident. That's great. You know, fear going for it i mean i'm good at driving too that's a thing like you don't don't be reckless like there's a big difference between fearless and reckless yeah. gotta know the rules to break them hmm. yeah so you the whole time you were a child you said all of this is bullshit yeah as soon as like i heard about it i saw bullshit but i think it's also that doesn't mean i don't believe in anything right like I'm that annoying person who's like, I'm spiritual, but not religious, you know? Like, I I think that there's a lot that we can't see and that that's like energy and whatever, like, you know, the the hippie stuff. Sure. Yeah. We're all one (laughs) vibration. But I think that, I think that we are limited to perceiving the world in whatever capacity our physical bodies and and our emotional selves are capable of perceiving it i think we sure. undervalue the emotional aspect of it a lot the sirens drug, drug, bu- me. Drug, drug, drug bust they're, they're yeah. coming after you after um, me. but i think uh what was i saying the sirens totally like distracted uh, me. we now now the sirens distracted me too yeah I, you were i was going to ask you from yeah. what you were saying if you don't believe in the religion stuff, what makes you a moral person? Like, you're, if you, or you we were talking about vibrations, yeah. higher powers, things that exist, but like, without, you're a person who's lived without, without the fear of, or without the belief in the stuff, and, but then what laws do you follow that make you moral and be with everybody else on the same plane, like existing? I've, yeah. Well, I mean, I think part of it is, whatever community you live in, whatever society you live in, it's going to have its own agreed upon rules, mm-hmm. right? That's like step one of community. Right. So know what those rules are and respect people enough to follow those rules because that's what everyone agrees on. And then second of that, it's um, being, I think, emotionally sensitive to people. That is often very disregarded. That doesn't mean I'm going to go around being everybody's therapist, but it does mean that I, to the best of my ability, am going to try to be um, considerate when talking with people um, and responding to people so that 
considerate. You know, because I, I feel like if you, manners, <laughs> manners, and also not being an asshole. I used right, to be an right. asshole, and I've put like a lot of effort into trying to not be one. What when you say what, what's an assholey thing that you've done where you're like, oh, I was a bully. I I beat people up like into my early twenties. Wow. Yeah. What I was a bully wow. in Vallejo. Wow. Yeah. A bully. How would you choose your people to pick on? Would they just piss you off, or you were like, did you? Could you see their weakness? Because I'm, a, I'm a weak child. I would be a person who would get bullied. I'd go home crying and be very upset. Um, I mean, but I figured it was, it was always something I was doing wrong to like stand out and be pick on. I mean, I was the. I was the chunky kid who cried a lot, so it's pretty yeah. easy to pick on me. Well, <laughs> the loud, chunky kid who cried a lot. It's like, of course I got picked on. But that's what we called it, picked on. But you're actually saying you were a bully. I was. I was also picked on. and oh. But a lot of times... So it's tricky because... Bullies are assholes, and assholes are assholes because they lack self-awareness, uh, right? So I didn't know I was a bully. Oh. I thought the world had it out for me, and I had to constantly defend myself. Wow. Um, and sometimes I was just a dick. Like, one of my friends... Wow. I don't even remember this story, but I 100% believe that it's true. We were in seventh grade, and he was eating Skittles, and I was like, hey, give me your Skittles. And he was like, no. And then I pushed him and threw his Skittles to the ground because I don't even like Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of dick I was. And you know what? No one fucked with me. <laughs> wow. And he was your friend. I knew him since third grade. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. like, you know, we were... I didn't actually have friends. I mean, there's no surprise there in seventh grade. Yeah. Wow. I was a piece of shit. <laughs> wow. And so were you... But you were. But that's the thing is, you were raised religiously. No, I but wasn't. not really. But you said it, it, it was just cultural. W- it was cultural. But I was also raised to believe in the evil eye and aliens. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you don't believe in aliens now. You know, I'm agnostic. That's what it is. I don't even really consider myself an atheist. I'm agnostic with a very active imagination. All right. So I think there. I think that most likely, yes, there are aliens because I believe in the theory of um, a string theory, infinite and parallel universes, and I think that... So basically, it's one or the other. There, there are either an infinite number of parallel universes in which everything that can happen is happening, will happen, or has happened, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's only one universe and it's just us. So if the theory of parallel universes is true... And then that means that we exist on Earth in different universes. That would mean that our parallel universe selves are aliens. Oh. They're extraterrestrials because they're not of our planet. They're from a parallel universe version of it. See, I think that there there has to be something else out there. Otherwise, it's the whole flat earth thing. Like, we're not just here just because we're here on earth and we exist. Like, it's like either God made us a snow, either we're in God's snow globe that's like flat earth, that like yeah. God's looking down going, look at them and I'm controlling this and they're all doing that. Or 
there's the moon and past the moon is Mars and past Mars is you know Jupiter and Saturn and all those moons and the rocks and you go yeah. farther out and the hubris of us to think that there's only one spinning rock in all of this and we've seen shit out there and way far far away <laughs> well is, and is that real is, is that existence exists like that that space there's got I mean how could it be possible that just us so it's definitely not just us we know for a fact that life exists in space oh bacteria oh um okay. tardigrades can exist in the vacuum of space are those the tiny bears yeah yeah they look like tiny little caterpillar bears um the question is whether or not intelligent life exists and of course we measure intelligence based on how similar they are to us uh. um so that they think and act like us because we th- we currently think we're probably the most intelligent creatures in the universe which I think is total bullshit <laughs> and I think that again we're really limited to the dimensions that our physical bodies are capable of experiencing which means that there could very well likely be life forms out there that um, we aren't even capable of detecting. So sure. maybe they're waiting for us to prove ourselves as intelligent before they reach <laughs> out to us. I think that's far more likely. Yeah. Because we're, we're shitty. Like, they're probably yeah. waiting for humanity to kill itself out before they come down here to and, like, try to, to hang the, out with the dolphins. Exactly, the dolphins. Right, the, dolphins. the whales. The dolphins and the left? octopi. Yeah, well, the squids, those giant squid are amazing. Yeah. That's why I think that some of those weird, like, like squids, they're... They're so alien. What if they were? What if squids are here because something on that like crater or something that came to destroy the dinosaurs? What if yeah. it had like squids in it and they're all like, blah, 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 blah. we're yeah. the giant squids of the underground sea? Like that's yeah. No, th- there's there is definitely life out there. It's just how we measure intelligence. That's the question. But bacteria, which we know for sure exists in space, bacteria is smart. Hell there yeah. is bacteria that can teach other bacteria how to be resistant to antibiotics. Ooh. They can learn. That's crazy. Right? So, ever. F- fact. Aliens exist. Yeah, absolutely. Fact. And that viruses and bacteria keep changing and growing and adapting their their and funguses and funguses. Currently, there's a a version of the candida fungus, which is the same thing that causes yeast infections. Mm. That's like killing people. Oh my god! On the East Coast and in England, that's and awful. they're keeping it like hush hush. There's no cure, and it spreads. Like if someone has it. Um, this whole room will be, it will just be on like every surface and it only kills like people with compromised immune systems like me. Oh no. <laughs> so what do you have like lupus or something? What's your, no, I have, I was just guessing. I just like, I heard immune system to stuff and I'm like, um, it's a mystery. I have something called chronic idiopathic neutropenia, Oof. um, which basically, uh, a bunch of my white blood cells, more than half of them, just vanished, and no one knows why. They've tested me for like everything, um, so I just get sick a lot. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I have to be very careful. I'm currently on antibiotics and this uh, drug called Zarxio because I'm f- currently fighting an infection. Wow. Um, so Zarxio makes my bones produce the blood cells. Wow. Yeah. You're like the, um, there's a really good. T- 
um, show that came out and it was called Afflicted and it was these it followed these people who nobody science yeah. they don't no. Yeah. And it's and following them it was so frustrating because it became this thing of like delusion versus like and I right. I was watching it and I'm like this person is being affected by whatever's happening and it's yeah. fucking real. Yeah. And it seemed and you when it was a reality thing and you were watching it and you're like other people weren't families even were like yeah. couldn't wrap their heads around it. Yeah. And so that was like... It's hard when you can't see it. Right. Yeah, I've seen that show. And I think in a way I feel... um, Like I've been feeling sick for a while. Like it's been a couple years now that I was getting sick a lot. And it was just in July that they finally did a blood test. It's Kaiser for you. To make sure everything was right. And it wasn't. And that's when they found out. Like my neutrophils are supposed to be... Um, at like 75% of total white blood cells and they were at like 2%. Whoa! So it, it could be between like, I think it's like 50 and 75%. So they were really low. So at, I've been saying this whole time, at least I have that blood test. Right. Because like that show Afflicted, a lot of people, they don't have anything physical that they could show doctors and insurance. Like, look, something's wrong. Right. Um, and... I just feel like, okay, this is giving me credibility because they had ignored me for sure. so long up until they did that blood test. So at least having that has been like a very important part of trying to get help. I mean, they eventually gave up. They're like, yeah, we don't know what's wrong with you, but that's crazy. So yeah. wouldn't it be, so what about if people are praying for you? Like, you're just like, I say thank thanks. you. You say thank you. Yeah, because here's the thing. Well, it depends on why why they say that. I've had people who say they're going to pray for my soul because I don't believe in God. Uh, And then I'm like, well, like, fuck you. Like, I don't give a shit. Um, But I've had people who say that they'll pray for me because I'm sick. And I say thank you because that means that they care. That means that in their own way, they want to put out energy to try and help me. So. I could think it's all fairy tales and bullshit and choose not to believe in that and live my life based on what some like thousand, two thousand year old religion tells me to do. But I also respect other people's desire to want to live in that because religion is so tied into culture and community and like a lot of Greeks are so into the religion because it's what kept our culture alive through you know like 600 years of the Ottoman Empire you know um the religion is how we kept the language alive it's how we kept um our cultures our dances like the community alive so it's hard for a lot of people. That's why it's so uh, impossible to, to separate it. But for me, I just couldn't get past, like, what is it that we're worshiping? Like, why right. can't we mix it up? One of my uncles in Greece was just like, fuck the church. Like, he, he's pagan. He worships the 12 gods of Olympus. Badass. I'm like, that's amazing. Sure. Like, why can't we just do that instead? I'd be all for that. Like the pagan religions are fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And we a lot of a lot of the symbology and the 
Catholicism and whatnot was borrowed from paganism. The, the, oh, yeah. the ring around the ring around Jesus's head right there on yeah. the sparkle Jesus. That's like from the all, the sun god and like past stuff, the aura, and then they just they took some of the pagan things uh, rituals and just moved them into yeah. It's yeah, just, but, everything is. Um, but why do we and stolen? You you don't feel like you you said no. You still have belief because that's the thing is that. I I mean what I guess they we have a couple different choices. It's like well we got to believe in you got to believe in something. Yeah. In order to because I guess if we didn't believe in anything then we're nihilists and then it's like. I fuck it. Why be alive if there's? But then. I believe in this life. I know that I am here right now. Right. I know what I like doing and what I don't like doing. I know who I like being around and who I don't like being around. I know that um, I like acquiring knowledge. Mm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> devote every single aspect of how I live this life based on the possibility of some unknown after I die. I'm yeah. gonna do what I want in this life. And then just see what happens next. Sure. That that makes that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it does. Like when I, it's people would in the Bible uh, don't store up your riches on earth, uh, for your riches are stored up in heaven. And I used to think, I always used to think about like, if when I feel like I was sacrificing something for someone else, I'd be like, oh, my riches in heaven are growing. Yeah. I'd imagine my mansion in heaven. As a child, I'd think about me and Jesus, like, skipping down this, like, golden road and, like, looking at my beautiful mansion in the clouds. I was, like, super clear on all that. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and every time, like, my brother would treat me like a jerk or something would happen and I'd turn the other cheek, I'd pray to Jesus. I'd say, Jesus, I know. Mm-hmm. You and I will be together in that mansion. Yeah. Like, I had a 33-year-old boyfriend and I was like six. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I was like, I can't wait to be with you, Jesus. We're going to have the best time. When I was six, I had an imaginary pet tiger. Oh, that's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's way more fun than Jesus. He's a stick in the mud, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So Jesus was totally your imaginary friend. Pretty much, That's yeah. what it was. He yeah. was an acceptable imaginary friend. Yeah. And I had a vivid imagination, so... Yeah. 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 But never sexual because I got I got that message loud and clear yeah. that sex is bad and dirty and awful and shameful and you should never do it or show anybody any of your naughty bits. And unless like one time this is the my my mother shamed me a lot, but one of the most memory shaming things I have is I was in my bedroom and I had the door open and my brother's bedroom was across the way and I was I was changing my period pad and my mom was like, Don't ever let anyone see that ever and it was like, Oh, I'm s i am I guess yeah. I thought we were family and I was just we are okay, wow. That's like, ooh, I'm dirty and feel very shameful right now <laughs> like yeah. i've never <laughs> no it's all fucked up and in the greek culture it's like and and i want to just say when i say greek culture i mean like my family because it's very different in greece versus greek american culture and then my family was very weird for greek americans too but i think i think this is something that goes beyond just my family but um the rules are different for boys and girls. Mm. Like the Greek culture is very old school. It's very collectivist. Like boys are encouraged to just go out there and get their hands dirty and, you know, play as kids and then play around with girls when they're older. But the same rules don't apply for girls. Mm. Um, 
which it, you know it's just uh, that kind of double standard always frustrated me even sure. as, as a little kid i never bought into to the sexism wow ever and i got slapped a lot because of how much i would like talk back about it but anytime there was anyone being treated differently because of gender you're like the first feminist. You're like no, you're like not that old. No, no, not like. I mean, but like the age that you were six and you were like standing up for feminism. Well, I was standing up for myself. Like, right. uh, let's not. Yeah, I was being a selfish little kid. But yeah, that ultimately that's what it was. I was a feminist and I didn't know it. And yeah, I didn't have a because we should. All, the, that's the thing is like that. I don't like. I just think feminism should be the norm to yeah. the point that that shouldn't even be. Uh, a word that exists like the word should be for the not feminists right like like the way we talk about the importance of gender equality is sexist right that's how just deep rooted the problem is but the word has to exist because i honestly don't i don't know that the true desire for gender equality is something that the majority of the world population holds. I do not believe it is. I don't think so either. Well, it's you want to keep women subjugated because they, they have they they're the one they have the power of creation. You want to keep that on lock and key, baby. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's just <laughs> don't let them think we can actually create life, which means we're better than men. Like we can do something they can't do that makes the world happen. And so I think that makes us. It's just funny that we're treated worse, but that wouldn't one think on an empirical scale that that makes us better (laughs) because we could actually create the life. So, you know, God forbid we own our own labor and and start having opinions. (sighs) Yeah. Keep them barefoot and pregnant. Beat them up. Make them eat. Make them cook dinner. But see, and that's the thing, like a... A lot of the argument I've I get from conversations I've had with people who are anti-feminism or think that they are, is the is this idea that feminists are just trying to take over and dominate over men mm-hmm. that they want to be the ones in power and I think that that's the issue that comes up in conversations about like um, privilege and equality yeah. is this idea that shifting the power means someone else is going to be in power that that there's only a certain group that that gets to have the power dynamic so it's interesting because when i have that conversation with people about feminism the things that they say are often about um not wanting to lose power Mm -hmm. but then they say that while also trying to pretend <laughs> that the power dynamic doesn't exist. Right. So it's it's so contradictory. Right. In in the statement they acknowledge that it exists which then reaffirms the fact that mis, you know misogyny yeah. is in our social fabric. Yay! Yeah, it's so true. And I, I remember one guy once he he actually genuinely believed that a women woman's place is like in the home taking care of kids and raising babies and I know a lot of people who believe this but this was like a guy in his 20s recently in San Francisco I would the only way that I would say that that's a great thing is if we went back to some Marxist ideology and all labor was valued equally therefore a woman in labor 
coincidentally, it's called labor when you have a child. Uh-huh. But then when you are taking care of your child, the thing that upsets me is that there's no W-2. There's no Social Security. You don't get paid for it. Right. Why is it the one labor? Why is it? Th- it's work. Hanging out with children is fucking work. Yeah, it is. And if we valued the people's time who did that, then that would be a great place. Like, it would be a great place to be if you were, if there was any worth or value assigned to that particular homemaker labor. Then I'd be like, great, woman's place is in the home. It's anywhere. <laughs> it's, for me, for me, it's a, it's about it's about labor. But that's not that's not mm-hmm. religious in nature. But I understand how yeah. religious in nature, it's it's a way to control. I mean. Religions control, right? Make a bunch of people think the same thing. And then it's almost... Everything's a cult. <laughs> it, is, it, it is a means of control. And it, it has been a very powerful tool for control since forever. Yeah. I think... Um, it's interesting, though, because I think there's also always a large portion of the population that like doesn't believe but goes along with it goes along with it anyways i see this a lot in the greek american community like i don't know that i even know anyone my age who's read the bible oh wow okay wait no that's a lie that's a lie but i know a lot of people haven't yeah um i think that there is a big aspect of not questioning it and I don't think that's unique to collectivist cultures. Mm. I think that, again, it plays into culture and community and family yeah. and wanting to fit in. And if this is just part of life, why question it? And I think it, it ultimately, religion is something kind of born out of questioning it, which is something like you have your normal people and you have your artists and then, and like your scientists and your artists and your scientists are the ones who question like why Sure. and everyone else just goes to work and lives and is like, well, some things suck, but some things don't suck and that's good enough. And then it's like, sometimes you get the people who like confuse the art or the science and kind of combine both and then you get a religion where it's just oh, like wow. fantasy but also trying to explain the physical sure and spiritual world yeah there's some weird zombie shit though blood of christ <laughs> eating the eating the flesh yeah weird 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 natural metaphorical element. yeah just yeah like the way we interpret metaphors. Uh, Maria, we're going to close uh, it down. We thought it's been an hour. Can you believe it? Yeah. Uh, any any last words on for for anybody about anything? When it, your next shows, perhaps? And then. Oh, oh, I do have stuff. Yay! Oh, I should have been prepared. Um, oh, I'm in comedy baseball. Oh, yes. You're in comedy baseball. I'm in comedy baseball. Yeah. yeah comedy I, baseball. So um, fun. I'm in the team Sons of Pitches. <laughs> and we have our first game this Thursday. Yeah. Piano, piano fight. fight. What time is it at? I think like they're at nine? seven or nine. Seven? I'm not sure. Seven Mine's on the 25th. Our first one. Yeah. Mutiny Radio versus I'm not who sure. I we got our asses handed to us last year in almost every game. Um, we almost tied the Sylvans once, but we didn't. It's that's comedy baseball. It's really fun. <laughs> Even if you do something really good, sometimes the algorithm just like makes you be out or gives you. It's it's funny because it's a little video yeah. game that you play yeah. at the same. It's amazing. No, it's it's fun. The I saw the is- first uh, the first episode of it 
or show of it was last week, and it was is so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Have, I'm trying. I have to bone up on my improv stuff. So that's this. That's tomorrow. That's yes. That's tomorrow night at Piano Fight, and then the the one in Walnut Creek. Oh yeah, Tap Room. Yeah, uh, Rotator Tap Room, Saturday, April twenty seventh. You can reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite. Uh, there are only fifty seats, and they always sell out. So if you don't get one of those fifty chairs, you have to stand. But um, it is a. I mean, there's they have like eight IPAs on tap. They're insane. They're nice. so good. It's like yeah. yeah. So I'm excited about that show too. Eight o'clock. Rotator Tap Room, guys. Everybody get tickets. Uh, awesome. This was so much fun. This was so great. Yeah. I didn't realize you had such a... It's great that you want, that you know so much about religion. You're so philosophical. And I I'm just I think it's because you're Greek. <laughs> One of my favorite topics is religion. I've always wanted to start my own cult. Yeah. Someday. We, we'll close on that. What would you What would you make people do? Would you make them have like some sort of special outfit? Or how would they be recognizable as part of your cult? What, like, what's a ritual you would make them do? Oh, see, I haven't developed it quite to that extent. I think I think I like the idea with the cult that, like, everyone has to live together, like building our own little community. Mm. Um, I would probably enforce, like, breathable fabrics only. You know? No polyester. No polyester. I really do, don't care for polyester, although I'm pretty sure I am wearing it. Linens. But, yeah, linens, linen cotton, cotton. Yeah. silk is fine. Silk is fine, yeah. You know, silk is absolutely acceptable. Um, and there will need to be a lot of trees. And I, I, basically, I want a situation where everyone would give me all of their money. Cool. Yeah, that's a pretty standard cult um, situation. Right. But I want to. I want it to be enticing. You know, I want it to be symbiotic. They I don't want it to be it, yeah. all take. You know. <laughs> oh. They they get breathable fabrics. <laughs> It's going to be give and take. They'll give, I take. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's Some Call Me Tim with Maria DePlutis. And go see her at a local comedy show. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio. We actually have two fruits in their literal fruit. There's three of you. There's a banana, a strawberry, and do you guys want to come in and, and talk about some... I have no idea why you're here. Are you on a running team? What's going on? <laughs> we have a banana, a hey. strawberry. Hi, grab a microphone. Come on in. Oh, my gosh. And a pineapple. A banana, a strawberry, and a pineapple. What is going on? Nothing. How are you? We're sweet and Good. juicy. You're sweet. Are you in a band? We are. I'm sweet. This is juicy. Hey. And this is Nefertiti Pharaoh Sandra Munda Cephalopoulos. So we call oh. them N. Is that Greek? Wow. And juicy. Wow. And we had we ran a variety show for a couple years up in Portland where we're from. Wow. And one of our comics who's moved down here, a cat named Warhol Kaufman. Oh, we love Warhol Kaufman. He's like always doing stuff with Mutiny Radio. And I was like, well, this record is ridiculous. And we're you Well, know, we'll play it right now. If if you want, we can give you your own copy. We haven't even opened yeah, it. Yeah, here, let's open it together. Does it have to be FCC appropriate cuz um, all the No, we um you can fuck swear as much as you want. Oh, fuck swears are Here great. at Mutiny Radio. We well, you're doing it, but I just didn't want to Oh no, that's it, great. I figured I should ask Thank you first. so much, Maria. That was really fun listening to your Thank you. Hopefully that was we didn't fun. throw you off your game. I understand Sorry. that when with, a bunch of fruit talk a, into the room. No, no, no. A bunch is, of, is it over? I'm no, not no. sure. Do oh, I no, no. You can if you want. Yeah, hang out. Usually, yeah, usually. Can I take a bathroom break real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, I, 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 I just um, added toilet. I just got 
a new toilet paper in there. So this is the Adventures of Sweet and Juicy. Correct. And you guys are from Portland. Correct. And you're on tour right now? We are. Wow, cool. But we had time during the day, so we thought That's we'd visit so friends awesome. at Independent Radio because those That's are usually our people. Amazing. I love this. Where are you? Where Where are your shows? While I put this in and stuff, tell us where uh, you're. The next you place well, we're going to be at this uh, party. Uh, it's a house party called the Bazaar out in Oakland on Friday. Yeah. As well as some other stuff, I think, but uh, nothing's really official. We're just bouncing around, and then we're off further down the coast, heading towards the old Mexico, and then uh, we're gonna come back up around back to the land of ports. Do, do you have do you have booked stuff in Mexico? Uh, it's it's dependent on a couple things, but we might we might bounce down for a show or two. That that sounds like a jolly time. Wow! So you guys are just. You just sort of willy-nilly went on the road. You have, what, which tour dates did you it, have? It wasn't like? willy-nilly. We, we have a, there's a, a booking manager in charge oh. of much of it. Thankfully, it's not the banana or the strawberry that are in charge of it. Because that's not really our, you know, if you ask me to write a song about drugs and sex and having a good time, Easy. I'm your fella. Right, right, right. Yeah. But booking, booking, booking events and booking, stuff. Booking, it's, 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 yeah, it's booking dot no way for me. Not so much, yeah. Well, it's hard because as artists now, we're expected to be our own promotions. Mm-hmm. You've got to run your Instagram and your fucking thing and the live feed and the stuff and yeah. the, and it's yeah. like remember when musicians just played music? Well when they spent yeah. all day writing songs <laughs> it certainly seemed to work then. You right. Know? You passed out flyers. It was like Ugh, write the songs things, practice yeah. and go stand in line at someone else's show and pass and out flyers. Um, yeah. And then everything worked. But now it's like if you don't have the, you know you Instagram following and the stuff and the, it's it's like so much pressure besides being creative it used to be like look we're creative we work together and we have a product mm-hmm. and now it's like all this other stuff attached couldn't agree more it's so hard it's it's a, it's a struggle but you know all you can do is your best exactly and frankly I'm pot committed you know I'm not really good at anything else at this point <laughs> although <laughs> yeah uh, there's not you know I can't pass a drug test <laughs> so there's that you know the, the, the weed the is legal now come yeah, on yeah bass playing banana guy doesn't get drug tested do you guys always wear the fruits on yeah. stage when we perform yeah. Yeah. We, we've become these characters on stage yeah, they're pretty bad. How did you, did you just, you were in Target one day and you were like, this, we love these outfits. Actually, what happened was <laughs> I was taking my son trick-or-treating and he's a little baby at the time. This is two years ago or something. And, uh, or one year ago. I forget. Time is yeah, it was a year but ago. an ocean. Yeah, it was a year ago. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> he gets scared easily, but I was like, he won't be scared of a banana, you know, because that's cool. And I also thought it was kind of a Job reference for the old uh, Arrested Development that show, come on! Oh, okay. I guarantee some listeners just got that, yeah. but because uh, you're a big banana, and then he's a banana. He yeah. wears a banana suit, and ah. yeah. So anyway, okay. so I'm in a banana, <laughs> and then I was I was the house bass player for this blues jam, and then there was a banana party there at the same time. All these uh, people showed up wearing banana suits, and it literally happened the day that my banana suit came in the mail. And so I was like, wait a minute, I'll be right back. So I go home, get the banana suit, and I perform the show, and it was fun. And then we were opening up it's for... It's a banana party? Who does that? This is we're in Portland. We're in Portland, yeah, Oregon. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. Fair Portland, enough. Portland Oregon does there. And <laughs> so um, we were opening up for Afro Man uh, and, 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 and a bunch of hip-hop acts. Sure. And we're on a bill with a bunch of hip-hop acts because people don't know what to do with us. And so we're like, well, we can't out-hard these. Like, they're just going to press play and we're actually going to play instruments. So how can we have the most drastic contrast? And since we were already called Sweet and Juicy... Why don't we just become the fruits that we truly are? 
Wow. We'll recognize our destiny. And, 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 then, <laughs> and so when we hit on stage, everybody kind of laughs and looks at us, but then we play some music, and they're like, oh. All these oh, badass okay. fruits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it. And that's what that's and, what our and it, so it came from opening for Afro Man. That's yeah. very of, funny. Yeah, yeah, sort of in a weird and way. So well, is this he, your little gimmicky thing? A little bit. He 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 bugged me. I was trying to do it for that. I was trying to do it before, but that was the show that they. And finally I said, did. I said, you can straight up go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have you dressed as a giant strawberry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was a little more willing. He said, what do you think about this? And he presented this whole thing to me. I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> well, I figured people won't forget it if you yeah. see the band and no, it works they, with the name. I don't know. It does. No, you're. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying something no, here. I can't do nothing. You did great, sweet. Yeah. No, it's Very really good. Yeah, it's, so it's great because we did it at the at the Afterman show, and then after that, shortly after that, we started going on like weekends to like do out of town gigs, and yeah. it got to a point where we would show up and we'd have our suits and our backpacks, right, to have that little superhero change moment. But then we would get there, and people would be like, "Oh, where where's the suits? Like, I thought yeah. you wore the suits." So all of a sudden, suits. people started looking forward to the suits as well, and it became yeah, just a whole a whole memorable then we had part to. of the show. So yeah. Now we're, now we're trapped in this. We're uh, locked in. How we're often do you in. clean your fruits? Well, that's that's up for debate, and it's a variance they, among different. They, no, I will answer this. Nah. <laughs> they, they have never cleaned their fruits. Smell no. like an ass. Oh, oh wow! No, no, it's it's not that bad. They're a horrid, filthy, filthy. No, it's fruit. okay. It's it's a good. It's it's doing good. I wash my fruit. Frequently, I've washed you. your fruit once, and yeah. it was. I'm telling you, look, if my fruit ever smelled like your fruit, I would wash my fruit. I'll tell you, um, you know. Hey, hey, if you're gonna bounce things off each other, yeah. if we're gonna do this on air, then but, okay. Uh, but my my fruit now smells great. Yeah. It does. And it will he's continue like a, to smell amazing. He's like a fresh, Thank cleaned berry field. That's right. So loving. You smell like strawberries. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think of if you guys have like a. You guys should have secondary costumes of some kind. If you had secondary costumes, what would they be like? You like unicorns? Oh, we've, like we've committed now. You're committed. There's you're always the fruits. Yeah. You're the just fruits the forever. It's on the front of the album. We yeah, it's on there. Yeah, you got to keep it. We've become cartoons at this point. We're yeah. just sad caricatures of ourselves. So <laughs> hopefully well, it works out because no one's gonna hire me otherwise. What's, what's your favorite? Um, what's your favorite song on the album that you that we're gonna play off of? Um, I you think, guys have favorites. I mean, if, simple things is sim- like. Simple things gets well received by pretty much everybody. It's uh-huh. it, it doesn't have any f bombs. It's 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 FCC compliant. Uh-huh. But not that that matters here. Not that that matters here. No. Um, we have we have songs. We have a song called Staycation, which is about staying in a room, having sex, and doing drugs. <laughs> and we have a song about some lovely promiscuous gay sex. And we have songs. I, let's is see, it like, like called Grinder or something? No, it's like, called No Rocks. Oh, all right. Um, it's a. It's about um, seducing seducing a young man who may not know what he's capable of. Mm. Yes. Yeah. You gonna turn him out? That's right. Get turned exactly out. Right. That's it. Fun <laughs> moments on the record. Uh, there's a whole section where we go on planting season. And so all the songs in that section are just humping songs, essentially. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Um, but, but like disco-y. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's tongue-in-cheek. We're having fun. Everybody's, everybody at the party's having fun. Sure. Yeah. That's the idea. But yeah. we, we have a music video for a song called Eat, Sleep, Fuck. Yeah. And is, people can find that on YouTube, or you yeah, guys have a page? Yeah, if you, you just you go to... A... We do have a page <laughs> on YouTube as well. But if you just go to YouTube and type in Eat, Sleep, Fuck, you will see us... Uh, doing a lot. Uh, we're at the zoo at the music video, and it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's monkeys masturbating. Oh yes. oh that's great. And yeah. Otters yeah. having there's sex. A, and there's a goat. And fruit. Otters. Otters, there's otters penguins. are so cute. Yeah. There was no yeah, lions or tigers cute. or bears though. I know my. Uh, yeah. Is it you're at the Portland Zoo? Yeah. 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 There's everything's lax up there. Nothing's on lockdown yet. Yeah. Everything. It's still. 
They don't, you don't have to pay for like location stuff. Well, no. well no, you do don't if you them. ask. Uh, but, but but if you don't ask, uh, no one's going to say anything. We were so. yeah. Go ahead. What's your so? What's your website? People can find you at Sweet and Juicy. Sweet the letter N Juicy Music dot com. Yeah, awesome. That's the one. And you'll have all your updated tour dates for you're down here. Maybe yeah. Yeah. maybe. We're, I'm updating it tonight. <laughs> Look, actually. we oh, also okay. brought really good weed from Oregon too. So nice. It's definitely. Um, yeah, know, let's we'll, we'll play down. some we'll play some music and yeah. and take a break here. Uh, hey everybody, you're gonna listen to Sweet and Juicy. Let's do simple things. Okay, let's figure out which one it is. Um, it's like maybe 6th or so. 6th or 7th. Yeah, good. Uh, Do you want me to... I can bring in another one, chair if you want to come chill. Oh, I think we can Cool. Oh, <laughs> 
notes. And so we're back with Sweet and Juicy, and that was called Simpler Times, which is also... Is it called Simpler Times? Simple Times. Simple, Simple things. things. Simple Things. I'm sorry. Simpler Times on the brain. I got that cheap... You got. You know it's from Trader Joe's? It's the, their, their, their PBR. Simpler Times, it's two ninety nine a six-pack. Oh, there you wow. go. Yeah, it's... There you go. That's, <laughs> that's good news. This is a Trader Joe's ad. It's two, right. only two ninety nine a six-pack. It's called Simpler years. Times. Yeah, yeah, it's a really... It's like... Sometimes alcohol is so cheap, it's like, I I have to drink it. It would be, I would be losing money if I didn't get See, that's it. how I feel about marijuana in Oregon. You know, you can buy a legal ounce for $40. Shut up. At the Why store. Why is it so cheap here? At the store, but $40 much, an ounce. Do you, do you know how expensive it is here? It's no, like, I don't, it's, it's going, it from it's going for like, six, <laughs> it's going, it's like 60 and 8th. I haven't paid this oh much. Oh my God. I haven't paid what? this much. That's for, like high school prices. Well, for me, call it, like, I'm telling you, 1995, I was in college and that's okay. probably what We'd be like, oh, that humble, sticky, icky baby. And we were like 60 bucks an eighth. But that's when it was like so scary and illegal. And now it's 60 bucks an eighth. I mean, with all the taxes. You'll get there. You'll you'll get there. We've got so much extra. People just give me handfuls of pot after shows because they don't know what to do with it. Oh, my God. The promised land. It used to be (laughs) like that here. No, seriously. I encourage all Californians to come up to Portland. It's it's beautiful. And we like some of them will be xenophobic about it. But most of them, it's beautiful. Just it's got plenty of water. All the water. Yeah, all I the love water. all the water. We've got all the water. I'm in I'm in Portland May 10th through 18th, and then I take a train to Seattle, and I'm there until the cool. 21st. We'll come see your show. Yeah. Yeah. Where oh you, my God. Where are you at? Are you, where are you at? I'm just guy. I'm going to be doing comedy, so I'm going to be like, oh, like a million doing, doing open mics. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have some booked shows. I've got a couple brunch shows. Those are fun. Oh, yeah. That's nice. like a that's yeah. like a brunch po- Portland thing. Yeah, it's on a mm. Saturday the. Saturday the 11th and Sunday the 12th I have brunch shows I'm going to be at a place called Tally Ho doing something I guess it's a dive bar and I'm in a show one. there I've, I've Jade Lounge something called oh, Jade yeah, Lounge Jade, I know, yeah. that's, that's like three or four blocks from my house oh, there you go. Yeah. that's on Wednesday the whatever the 15th I think I have a show at the that Jade Lounge what time is that I don't know yeah, it'll all be on that like Facebook stuff. But that's like I can make that one easy yeah but it's uh, I'm gonna be up there for comedy and it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I love Portland because the people are nice and the transportation is easy it and is you easy. you have like a lot of the food truck stuff. Food and, trucks are easy and it's cheaper. Everything's less expensive. There's like two dollar really good beers all the time at like happy hours and oh, yeah. shit. It's, oh, God, and it's yes. like what? It's, it's silly. It's it's quite nice though. Yeah, Very livable. Yeah, it's like twenty minutes to basically kind of go everywhere. But then again, it isn't that big, so it does. Yeah. Miss some of the amenities. I, I lived in New York City for quite some time, so sometimes I miss that. And San Francisco is kind of making me miss home a little bit. I love San Francisco. Uh, what made your band get together? How did this all come about? Sweet and Juicy met at a in a hip hop hip hop rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, we met for a did we play group. a gig together? We played a festival somewhere, and then a couple, and then another gig, and then he is like, "Hey, man, do you want to join the band?" And I was like, "No, I'm just a musical <laughs> prostitute." Yeah. And and. Uh, and then, but I kept your number. Yeah. And, Sup. And then, uh, and then, we, and came along later after Ives died. Oh. He didn't really die. He just, <laughs> we just, we just, we just your, we just, your drummer blew yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Spontaneous combustion. Exactly. Is that what happens? That yeah. It was a spontaneous, spontaneous combustion. And it was, it was so much for the better. Because this oh, is, yeah. Nefertiti Pharaoh Sandra Mundus Cephalopoulos 
is the chillest pineapple of them all. He's a wonder. Thank you, guys. He really is. It's never been easier to work with anybody yeah. in my entire life. But cool. he has to live on your couch, right? Is sure. That, <laughs> is that the truth? Okay, that's though, the, about no. doing the dishes and doing all that. Dishes. You do the yeah. dishes and you're not like, you look like you're trying to do something with your life and the people are like, yeah, you can stay. Yeah. Whenever I stay with people, I always take them to the store because I have food stamps and it's just a magic card. Nice. And, and, so I buy some groceries and then go. I like do the dishes and I'm like, I like to cook too. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. I, I just want him to always be happy. Yeah, it makes it so much easier. Because then they invite you back. Yeah. Yeah. But there's three of you. That must make it difficult when you're on tour because where do you stay? Like, it's better than four people or five people. But if you're staying, you're not staying with people you're staying in like hotels do you sleep no, in the no, van no, what are you doing with friends and friends and stuff like that we're we're on we're on tour with seven people total yeah and it's it's three different bands it's Whoa. called the hot sweet and sour tour how uh, we've got a hip-hop band called a hot mess and then um a really cool singer songwriter named larissa Birdseye. and true. um that's and, a really uh, interesting combination. On the way. We, yeah. actually, we all mesh though well, especially because they're very incestuous. He plays in all three bands. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, so that's he, just easy for and, me. And then just, he yeah. and I only play in one of the bands, and then the other guy, they play in the other ones. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. Three bands. You're you get three bands busy yeah, at yeah. night. <laughs> Not really. I mean, it's kind of vacation for me. Wow. I, I'm full uh, time playing piano all over Portland, so... So it's like oh, wow. just playing three shows a night is kind of like great. Especially because they're all it's the like, same place. Yeah. And I already know the music, so I just kind of show up and... How do you professionally play piano? Like, what do you do that you're playing all day? How many uh, bands are you in at any given time? Over 10, right? No, no. These days I'm in eight or nine. There you go. But that's, eight, or, eight, that's or nine, eight or nine groups that rehearse you regularly. You teach a lot, and stuff. right? Yeah, I teach. Yeah. Wow. Do a thing. Wow. But it, yeah. it helps keep your fingers on the strings full time. Yeah. But you... Yeah. Wait, so you keys, keys, yeah. so you play piano, but not in the band. What do you play in the band? I play piano in the band. Oh, you do play piano. I play keyboard, yeah. Okay. We don't have a guitarist. We have, um, uh, the guitarist you heard on the uh, track was um, a, a friend of Dave's from New York. He's a guest. All right. Yeah. There's a bunch of guest artists, actually, on the record. Um, tons of, the narrator yeah. is, uh, is a guy named Thibaut Mota. He's hilarious. He, he's uh, Not only is he the son of uh, legend Dennis Davis, the drummer, but he's also the drummer for Public Enemy in his own right right now. Oh my! So he's on the record. Um, but he, he did a great job narrating. Yeah, he narrated. He, he didn't have to play drums. That's the thing. It. I was like, I was like, Yo, Bone, can you just be on my record? I just want you to. I just think it'd be hilarious to have you on the record because he great. It just it, it needed some flavor. Yeah. Well, what other? Uh, let's let's play another. Let's play another track. Let's do Ooh. let's do the one about gay sex. No yeah, rocks. absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. actually, it's called no. no rocks. But then it's got two tracks. The track right after it. Oh, there it is. It's called More Rocks. And it's just the jam section of the song. So it's to give you kind of like a radio cut and then like an extended version. All in one. No rocks and mo rocks. And that one's got my buddy Matt Katz from Blondie on, uh, on a synthesizer. Which is fun. Killed it with the pads. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Matt Katz Bowen is a serious pad master. He's huge on the pads. You don't get the Blondie gig for nothing, you know? Yeah. I think this is it. He's killing it. Yeah.
don't tell me twice, just take the lead Make me a 70 every need I'm at my knees Some people think that in the moment they stop I'm asking, begging for a chance to make you up when you walk Please Okay, we can or, or you don't have to. Oh, baby. Oh 
Belies your music. I, I'm listening to your name, sweet and juicy. I would never think of the music that you play. I, it almost reads like reggae. <laughs> oh, interesting. Cool. Sweet and juicy. I don't know. I, it feels good to us. So no, we'll no, it's we great. Trying it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, we try to just make party music essentially at the end of the day. Well, it's fun too because, like, with the fruit costumes, you know, when we come to new places to play the music, like, when people see us at first, like, that they kind of do get that. They just don't know what's going to happen. And I feel like that's almost part of the fun. So they're like, man, I feel like this could be really awesome. This could really not be awesome. And then, you know, we get out there and we do our best, and, you know, then people get to experience it. Yeah. And your, your music, the genres, you're all over the map. A little like bit. Like, you're yeah. hitting kind of everything. Yeah. We like to, you know, bits and flavors here and there we're all, right. all inspired by different kinds of music and we listen to it all the time so you know what are your some of your favorite bands some bands that influence you um 
Prince is definitely one of the, the, the biggest influences for me personally, and probably a heavy influence on this band, but more so even like Larry Graham and Graham Central Station, which was what came out of Sly and the Family Stone. Um, that bass player plays an influence on this band a big time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot, in some ways, Juicy's, uh, Juicy brings a lot of the band Gorillas to the group. Oh, in some okay. Way. Yeah. Um, it, just his sensibilities. Really, really basic uh, poppy keyboard work. But then interlaced with jazz, but then juxtapose it to like some, but then like in a flash of a moment, some very articulate jazz music or something that, and so, I don't know, some of it will be complex, but it's not about the complexity. It's just, we're always trying to serve the song. The parts would be like difficult to play, but if you heard them, then it'd be like, oh, that's the easiest thing. Exactly. It's not intended to sound difficult at all. Um, Familiar more so. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, because you guys are writing all your own material, but it Absolutely. seems like it has flavor from all these other places. Oh God, yes. So yeah, you want to experience as much life has to offer. Oh, I mean, wouldn't you want if you if you if you if you found cumin and you didn't know about it before? Wouldn't you want to incorporate it into some of your? This is delicious. At least try it, right? This you is I've always wanted this flavor. Spoken like a like a true cumin fan. I know. I'm not. Like I'm that. actually not a cumin okay. fan. Or, or, actually, <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> dill. Let's but go with dill. Everybody, everybody <laughs> feeling dill? Yeah, dill's perfect. No dill. See, some people. Don't, don't I like pickles. Dill is gross. In a what nice matzo ball soup. Spice? Come on. Oh boy. So, Maria, what what are your what are your influences? You have you have musical interest. We've got Maria from the first hour back on. Would you say your Influences. All right. Um, I love Paula Poundstone, um, Tina Fey. Yes. Uh, and honestly, like uh, Mae West. Wow. She's not really a, a stand up comedian, but if you look at some of her one liners, she wrote like all those movies she was in. So she's probably someone I really wow. take influence from. Yeah. Dolly Parton. Oh, I love Dolly also Parton. Also, an excellent writer. Oh, she's one yeah. of the best. Yeah, well, she wrote her own songs. Yes. Oh yeah, and, 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 like, and a lot of yeah. yeah Dolly Parton. She genius. wrote the movies. Dolly Parton is amazing. Really? No, she's yeah. she's just pure genius. Wow. Um, um, who else? Amy Sedaris. Yes. Love her. She's the one who's yeah. Strangers with Candy, right? Yes. yes. Strangers yeah, with she's, Candy. She commits. Yeah. She. Com- <laughs> <laughs> she commits. That's so cool. <laughs> what I, I yeah like yeah. her too. Wow. Awesome. Did you have influences? Oh, I mean... Nefertiti. Nefertiti, Vero, Sandra, Munda, Cephalopolis. <laughs> That's the name. Um, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, right on. Uh, Sublime. Um, stuff like that. Just real pocket things. Tower of Power. Wow. I liked Red Hot Chili Peppers a lot when yeah. back in the... Back in like freaky, styly, uplift, mofo, party plan, all those early records. Sure, more like I hopped on. I'm just, I'm just a, I'm just a basic white uh, the, bitch. I, I jumped on with blood sugar, sex, sex magic. magic. Yeah, that's when I jumped yeah. on board. They kind of, they, 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 they sort a, of got the, everywhere. That's one of my favorite record of yeah. theirs, though. Really I mean, good. in all honesty, I think that was their best album. It's one of the ones that holds up. Like people made fun of me when I, I mean, I've always liked you too, and people still make money me for that. But Zeropa, when it came out in like '91 or whatever, at the time people were like, "This is lame," and it's like Lemon, like the songs now you listen to it it could have been made yesterday yeah. Zuropa as an album could have been made by anyone contemporary right now and it still stands up and I think that even now I'm like it's better like it was almost before it's time and I feel like some albums withstand time like that like Diggable mm-hmm. Planets um, 
their first thing um, with the purple and then all standing there. And there's certain things that... It's timeless records. Yeah. That work. And you're like, oh, it works. What's the dream for your band? Are you guys like... You just want to be able to do this all the time. Is that the That's, dream? Yes, is exactly. That the, we don't, you know, it'd be nice for grandiose things, but if we could just pay the bills by doing this group, that would make us completely happy. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's enough. So, you know, a couple hundred people per show all around the forever. That's all you need. That, that'd be fine. And we now, live cheap too. So <laughs> we, we, we spend nothing. We waste, you know, peanut butter jellies, apple sandwiches. Frugal, it. that's good. Frugal, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're going to go out to eat, you still tip 20%. But if you can't tip 20%, you don't go out to eat then. There, yeah, that, there it is. There, and sometimes sometimes when I go to a bar, if I'm limited on funds, I'll look at the bartender and I'll be like, I have $5. Yeah, how far can we get here? <laughs> where with, where are we going? Yeah. Are we? I could have said $4 and a tip. Or yeah. like, what are we doing here? And sometimes they'll like cut me a deal. I'll be like, oh, then the rest of the money's yours. I was going to spend Honesty's five bucks best anyway. policy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just respecting the people that serve you is always nice. Yeah. Exactly. I've, I've, yeah. More often than not in my life, I was on the serving end of things. So yeah. Could, you know. Still, um, entertainment is a service. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's when There's, you're a band and you're coming to anything, you're serving the interests of the party by making it more party. fun and yeah. cooler. Yeah. yeah, like a party without music or a band is like, what? It's not really a party then, is it? Yeah, like no, something you need something happening. Then it's a TED talk moving. or something. I mean, what is it when well, there's then it just be people milling about right. like eating pieces of cheese. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which right. nothing wrong with that. No, no. <laughs> I love I'm cheese. I'm not anti-cheese. No, I'm not anti-cheese, but I am definitely pro-band. Yeah. Pro. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, um, where can I, we already told people they sweet can go to sweet ju- in, sweet the letter n juicymusic.com and sweet and juicy music at it basically everything you want to send us an email yeah. facebook.com slash sweet and juicy music etc. Awesome. All the socials. All the, all the socials. Do you mind if I plug our show? Please, please. Okay. Uh, we are playing at the Bazaar, which is an underground house party. It's going to be bizarre. This Friday at 10 is when doors are open, 10 p.m. I hear the parties go till like 5 in the morning. Yes, wow. it's very it's very uh, ragey. Ragey. It's going to be a blizzast, I think the kids say. <laughs> um, it's children's. at 3974 three, Manita Street, Oakland, California. Nine four six zero nine. You say that one more time. I couldn't hear you. Three nine seven four Manita Street, Oakland, California. The bazaar. The bazaar. Can people find like? I, is there Eventbrite tickets? It's only for the cool kids. Okay, good. If, if you if you go on our our um our uh, the sweet and juicy music Facebook um I think the events up there on right. the hot sweet and sour tour everything. And if it's not, then then I'll just put it up so it's impossible to miss all right but anyway yeah sweet and juicy Come party with us yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's i mean that's it's admirable you mentioned real quick quick quickly you have a kid so you guys had to leave people at home and stuff to come out on tour and I have a wife and a son at home back in portland wow these guys he um nefertiti first under municipalopolis has a a, a wonderful girlfriend named yeah. Smokey. yes yeah, great cool oh, Smokey. and my doggy oh you got ash ash you couldn't bring ash on the trip uh, and no. then no the car was can, full car, yeah <laughs> real full oh and and your the other bands are jealous. That's it. They just they're <laughs> just like, when are you getting back? Okay, you know, there's no. 
there's no other berry. <laughs> it's just it's just uh, it's just uh, groups of sweaty men. <laughs> you but do you guys have other? Do you have to maintain other forms of employment to live your lives? Or right now, are you just? scrimping and scrounging for that we already know you do all yeah, the yeah. spandy band stuff I've, I've been pretty much a full-time musician for a long time wow. um i do pick up some of the ride sharing gigs when i don't have gigs sort of deal so if sure. i'm not working on a friday i'm working on a friday right and then you know a couple other things and then there's you know there's always little hustles one can sure sure do in life to make sure to stay active gotcha yeah that's good though so you're living the dream then because it's to some degree it's yeah. so hard if you try to maintain like a band or an art or a practice and you have a full-time job like you can't you actually can't it's yeah. some, unless you can really just burn the candle at both ends like i it was i had an epiphany years ago how does one play music full-time yeah. it's the goal right right I'm sitting there i'm wondering and then it hit me i'm like oh you have to play music Full time. That's the first thing you have to do to play music full time is fingers on the strings in bands doing whatever it is, 40 to 50 hours a week, minimum. Right. Whatever your craft is. Now, you're not making any money, so this means our couch surfing rules. I used to call it right. upper class homeless. So, you know, uh, you're like yeah, middle, upper. upper. I, I was upper homeless because it was sure. like, you know, I had a yeah. s- storage space and I usually had a shower. Yeah. You know, but it was like with Sweet different deal. friends and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was while you accumulate enough gigs to get going. A friend of mine that I know that lived in a garage for a while. Yeah. You know, somebody's garage and paid a very small amount of rent. And it, it totally worked out. And now they're a full-time player as well. Because huh. first you just get that busy. And then you kind of like, then you'll lose, you'll get offered a better gig. Right. Or, or by better, it might not even be better, but at least it feeds you. Sure. And so like, you know, so you're like, oh, they give me money so I can continue to eat and live. <laughs> and then you know, eventually you roll it up and you get a, you know, that's, that's the way of the truth. Yeah. It just requires an insane amount of work and it'll drive you insane. Yeah. How, how long did it take to get from that point of trying to balance like a regular day job and After, your art? When I quit. Before I was like un upper homeless. Yeah, like okay. when you decided to fully commit to your music. Well, it, it was, it was the last job I had was waiting tables, at a in a restaurant down on Bethune Street in New York City. And that was in like 2000. These are foggy years for me now. Okay. <laughs> so these are very. It's like 2008. Okay. Eightish, okay. something like that. And then by two, and then I, that was the last job I ever worked. I never, I was, I, I left there and they were, I had a little unemployment actually with it too, because they let me go the right way. And so I could like coast that helped me do the transition as well. Uh. I'm not going to lie. That was helpful as hell. Yeah. But, uh, I, 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 uh, I hustled it. They gave me like six months of that stuff. But then by the end of the six months, I was pretty much un upper homeless. I wasn't living like, you know, the life. It was like, you know, rice and beans and fucking, I like. Uh, you know, but whatever but you play 11 but years on the strings. Yeah. 11 years that's I've had a good that's run so fair far. That, yeah, you, that i haven't had a job yeah just that means that you've committed to your art for 11 years and it's working for you and you're able to have a family for the most part i mean yeah. that's that's pretty fucking successful yeah. I, I was I, I landed a couple jingles years ago that, that did me well and then awesome. that kind of worked out and i rolled that into other things and i'm i'm fortunate i'm the first to acknowledge it but it's uh well, sweet. Yeah, but and it, yeah, but I think you, I, I honestly. But here's the thing: I think people. It, it, I, I'm not an exception. I really believe like everybody. I'm not that smart. Like it's not like I have a special superpower. And I think if you just have an intense, because I've seen this guy do it too. 
I told him the way of it, and he he's done it, and how he plays music full time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just it's like I mean the banana blesses thee. No, no, but I didn't do it. He did all the work. He's been busting his ass. Yeah, yeah I just literally stole every single idea you gave me, and it's and it's it's so far it's he been working. He plays music full now, full yeah. time now. Yeah, he pays all of his bills, has a car, takes care of himself. Wow. Does his yeah. thing. Car. Uh, the yeah. whole thing. Oh, it's I mean and it's, it, it runs too. In, no, no, it's you, no. I didn't. I'm not being facetious. Having a no, car is a really yeah, big. It's I, like super expensive. It's like a thousand dollars a month with gas and, and well, it's, cheaper in Portland. It's, it's far, it, far, far cheaper. cheaper in Portland. Your tags and, run for two years. But if you were gigging here, man, the gigs pay better here for the high end yeah. jazz gigs. So like, yeah, that's it, true. And all, there's so much high end jazz here. All of these hotels. There's so much more oh, yeah. money. And San Francisco jazz is about to happen, right? Yeah. I know Robert Glasper is playing in like the twentieth or something of this month. Yeah. They're in town. Jazz is big here. Yeah. This has been super fun. Super I've had fun. sweet and juicy here. Also, Maria DePlutus, the amazing comedian. You can see her tomorrow at Piano Fight. See these guys Friday uh, at the Bazaar. And uh, see Maria and I on the 27th at Rotator Tap Room. Thank you guys for being here. We're going to play out with some more new music. Everybody check them out. Sweetandjuicymusic.com. This has been Some Call Me Tim. Bye. <laughs> For juicy new ideas and juicy taught sweet how to party. They began to throw regular parties where humans and fruits hung out, played music, cooked up a storm, and did things humans do. They thought things couldn't get any better until they heard a beautiful ensemble of pineapples. At first, neither sweet or juicy could tell each member of the pineapple ensemble apart. Throughout the performance, one pineapple stood out from the rest. Nefertiti Pharaoh Sandra Mudosiphilopoulos wasn't obsessed with flavors like juicy and sweet, but definitely had a delicate and precise sense of rhythm. Juicy and Sweet asked Nefertiti, Pharaoh Sandra, and Mundo Cephalopoulos to join in on their next adventure. The pineapple gladly accepted, hoping that there might be time for pranks. 
Pineapples are known for their tricks. Juicy ass will take a call their new friend in, as their companion's name is strenuous and time-consuming. And said sure, because pineapples are hella easygoing and pretty much the most agreeable fruits in the universe. Sweet thought to himself, could it be that this is what Bone was talking about? It was all coming together, eventually, and convinced his new friends to get into some mischief, which was new to both, juicy and sweet. But as it turned out, highly enjoyable. They didn't do anything crazy, just a few simple things. Sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is Darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a 